1: Welcome on in to this edition of the Redwire Fantasy Football Podcast, the week six full fantasy football preview, presented by our friends over at No House Advantage. I'm John McKechnie. That's Mario Puig. Hanging out with you, getting you ready for a loaded week six. Bye weeks are starting. So lineup decisions are getting tougher and tougher. Injuries all across the league, making things even trickier for fantasy managers as well. Let's get it rolling. Welcome on in. This is the roto Fantasy Football Podcast for Thursday, October 13th, the Week 6 Fantasy Football Edition, breaking down every single game. Mario, you know what they say, comedy is tragedy plus timing, and uh, the leaf-blowing people at my apartment complex appear to have an amazing sense of timing. I had not heard them in this area uh, all morning. And uh, they are apparently maybe going to be doing that. Uh, so we might be treated to that. Uh, you're just going to have uh, to
2: you're going to have to do some real quick setups and then tap the mute and then let me blither until uh, you, you can give me a signal of, like when they relent and I'll okay. try to get in a breath.
1: All right. Here's the visual sign of distress that we'll be using throughout the, the course of the podcast. Um, I, I know.
2: I'll just let the I'll just take the the leaf blower sound as the the signal for distress, and uh, when <laughs> when it's clear, um, you can like stop crying, and I'll I'll notice.
1: Okay, I, I I'll do my best. Back to you. Uh, you know, once once that gets started, it, it usually is um a, a good hour or two of straight balling. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll persevere, and I know there's other rotowire podcasts that have had funny. Uh, sound interferences. Uh, I listened to the the Clay and Zola podcast. There, there always seems to be like sirens going around Zola's place. So he's like, "Oh, sorry, I had to mute it real quick." So, um, I, I feel like I've learned from the best here, and and we're gonna we're gonna get yeah, that going.
2: It's, uh, it's just keeping us on a rhythm, really.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. So we we know what's up. All right, folks. Uh, speaking of the best, we have one of the best Thursday night matchups that you could possibly dream up this week. We've got the Chicago bears playing host to the Washington commanders. The commanders are, uh, well, not surprising. It, it I'm almost surprised it took this long for them to be in the type of free fall that, that Let's they're see. in, but, but How here should we are. How you
2: describe a Washington situation? Well, uh, This morning, their owner basically dared the NFL to kill him. So uh, I guess that's it it doesn't it doesn't necessarily indicate the team's record or anything, but you wouldn't traditionally expect that uh, that that kind of dare that kind of whatever bluff from a team with a winning record. You'd, You'd think that person would have maybe a little more to lose. Uh, so yeah, Dan Snyder is just uh, like international wanted criminal and he's like daring the NFL to, to kill him or Tilgo go uh, public with uh, their the, the mutual mat- uh, blackmail they've accumulated on each other. And we have this stupid game um, like uh, Thursday Night Football is on quite a roll and like this is the best one yet, probably uh, yeah, not to not to skip, you know, not to undersell the, the Colts Broncos one. That was a great game, but this one mm-hmm. might be even better. I'm I'm very excited and I I wrote
1: in my, my article this week the, the picks article that uh last Thursday's game was so bad that almost by default tonight's actually might be or almost has to be better.
2: And I guess to break the irony for a moment, I did actually think that game became amazing after a certain point of failure. It became like a the way that like grotesque avant-garde art can still have like beauty to it, even if it's like horrific to actually look at and experience. And it was it was definitely that kind of thing. Uh, this game, I don't know. There there might be there might be more. There should be more offense in this game. I know that's not saying anything at all, but uh, like Carson Wentz is terrible, but he has at least two really good receivers. Maybe maybe a third decent one if Diami Brown can play. And the Bears' corners just don't have any depth. Like, Jalen Johnson's good. The rest aren't. So, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, maybe both, they're going to be wide open. And the Bears' pass rush isn't terrifying or anything. So, as long as Wentz doesn't get in his own head, he'll probably have some open throws to make. And then, on the other side, the Washington defense has basically been a no-show the last two years. So, maybe maybe even Fields can kind of push for 200 yards passing in this one.
1: Um, You know, maybe the, this sets up a sort of uh, moving the chairs on the Titanic deck type of thing, where if the Bears win tonight, maybe the maybe Washington just cans Jack Del Rio.
2: They should can all of their coaches. Um, I mean, Ron Rivera has stood by Del Rio for some reason. So that, that would have been an easy one to fix. Just, uh, just fire Jack Del Rio. What? Are you, you're not going to know how to replace Jack Del Rio? He's so valuable. He's such a stabilizing presence for your team I, I doubt it uh don't know why you would stick out your neck for that guy of all people but yeah uh, ron rivera's time is up scott turner like, maybe he's not the worst offensive coordinator in the league but as far as these supposed like wunderkinds of of the uh, former play callers in the nfl he's pretty lousy in the category i mean like he, He's no Kyle Shanahan. He he might not even be like a Clint Kubiak, really. So I, I think it's time to, to get this over with. And and the Bears have a way of kind of, uh, it seems like they're not trying to win, but they have a way of kind of pulling teams down to their level and make them, you know, wrestle in the mud with them. And I don't know, maybe maybe the Bears got more dog in them than, than Washington does, and maybe they can get a win here. But it would really look bad for Wentz if he can't win this one.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. But at the same time, I'm I'm thinking that that Chicago does end up winning this one. That this I'd one's kind of like, like bounced that. around. Uh, it's been you know anywhere between a, a pick'em. I'm seeing that, that the Commanders are actually a one point favorite one now, point. which is a little bit surprising to me. But at, at the same time, uh, you know, it, it's a pick'em at other places. It hasn't really varied too too much as far as um, the the movement is concerned. I still like the Bears here, like you said. I, I think that their ability to just kind of drag teams in, into the mud is going to work out for them, especially uh, you know Thursday night game like that. That type of style I think plays a little bit better on on a short week where both teams are a little bit weary. So I'm liking this setup uh, for Chicago um, from from the fantasy angle. You know, Dave Montgomery gets back last week. Khalil Herbert basically gets left out of the game plan. Do you expect that to remain the same?
2: Yeah, you might see a little bit of a, a dynamic between them two where when Montgomery gets a particularly big workload and then it's a short week, maybe Herbert gets like 25 snaps rather than 15 in that scenario. But Herbert's basically big play or touchdown dependent, um, And uh, he, he can pop up occasionally. So he's a fine like showdown slate pick. But Montgomery is better than him. I don't know how much people are uh, – there, at least like a week ago, for a while there was that they were doing that like Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott thing with uh, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery, and it's like, look, it's easier to have a high rushing average when you only can take like seven or eight carries per game. So uh, Montgomery is still their best one, and he's doing a lot as a pass catcher too. It, it, it's not so obvious uh, at a glance, but his peripheral numbers as a pass catcher are really good right now, which is reassuring.
1: Yeah, I, I think so as well. So you know, but Montgomery. This setup is good. I have a bunch of Herbert shares, and I um, think he's I'm going to go player. ahead and yeah, no, I think he, I think he's solid. Like he, he's great in those situations where he gets the spot start. But I think it's pretty clear that that Montgomery is, is you know, uh, you know, one of the one of the very few workhorses, even if like the the production isn't as good as you know some of the the workhorses that they go in like the first round of fantasy drafts. And then uh, one more note on this one, Mario. Um, so we we've got a RB two conundrum uh, from our guy Tony uh, starting one of the following as an RB two for this week. So we got Ezekiel Elliott, Brian Robinson, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, or AJ Dillon in PPR. Um, so I, I guess we could use that as a, as a jumping off point. Uh, any expectations for for Brian Robinson tonight after after coming back?
2: Let's start Elliott for sure. Uh, I don't think Robinson can play, and I, I know that Ron Rivera and Scott Turner are determined to scapegoat Antonio Gibson, but Robinson can't do anything, and I, I don't know what it, it's, I know I'm going to come across as like callous or something, it's like, he got shot, you're being mean. I don't know what to tell you, I mean, he he's okay, thank God, and now he's just a bad running back prospect again, and if people want to pretend there's some kind of, I don't know, story, some kind of, they want to pretend this is like a movie script or something, I can't stop them. But uh, wait and see what happens.
1: Yeah, I'm ca- kind of with He's you there. Unfortunately, I will say, he
2: can have a game in the same way like any NFL running back can have a big game. It's like Nick Goings and people like that have had 100 yard games, but his career is going to be completely forgotten.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah. Uh, tough, but f- tough, but fair. Um, the harsh truth
2: is the bigger problem. I will say that's even stupider on uh, R- uh, Rivera and Turner's part, but they're determined to go down with it and they will.
1: And they will, folks. All right, let's get on over uh, to Sunday's uh, slate of action. We've got four teams on by the this week, um, so we'll, we'll keep things going here. we got the 49ers, who stayed on the East Coast this week, uh, going down to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Niners, five-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Falcons, meanwhile, have covered every spread this year. They are the only team that is 5-0 O. Oh against the number on this season so uh your your thoughts on this one i thought san francisco looked really good obviously it was against the panthers so and the panthers were obviously ready to to get to begin their their house cleaning process uh this past week and and you know the 49ers poured some accelerant on it jim coventry brought up a good point uh when i was on the xm show with with them the other day that the niners as good as the defense has been Uh, It is pretty banged up going into this game. Do you think that that factors in at all as far as the the Niners being able to take care of business here? Or is this another spot where the Falcons can yet again uh, cover?
2: Well, losing Emmanuel Mosley is a big loss, but they have some corner depth. I I think uh, it's just Mosley who's like the new injury detail. They've been beat up actually pretty much all year. You just wouldn't really have guessed it from the results. Uh, but that leads to the point again, they have depth and a lot of their effectiveness, uh, not to like diminish, not to, not to undersell the talent of the 49ers defense, but particularly as their pass defense goes, a lot of the results aren't really owed to the talent. It's owed to D'Amico Ryans and the scheme and D'Amico Ryans has these guys just playing like absolute maniacs. So uh, I think the the Falcons might make it close. It's like Arthur Smith and Dean Peace seem to be doing a pretty good job in my opinion like I know the results in fantasy in particular are not what people want but they're trying to win games and uh, them covering over and over kind of speaks to the fact that they're overplaying kind of like their, their talent level and so maybe they keep it going here but I think I think the the 49ers cover this one and the Falcons uh, failed to cover for the first time this year. Uh, because the wheels are really going to fall off the, the Atlanta offense. I'm I'm assuming Pitts is still out. I don't know. Um, he
1: he was limited on Wednesday, but I mean that that it's it's a positive, but at the same yeah. time, it's it's still uh, no guarantee. And then you know you you look at the at the backfield where you know I think Atlanta uh, really needs a, a strong run game. And you know both of us liked Tyler Algier coming out, Caleb Huntley uh, as well to varying extents, but uh you know how how do they set up against against you know a 49ers defense that's as as salty as it is
2: yeah the the run defense for the 49ers has just been murderously good and if the falcons can't run they can't do anything so i think uh yeah they're on shutout watch it's it's a really brutal matchup for them and i
1: also just feel like the the marcus mariota multiple turnover game is coming and i think it might be here
2: yeah, or he he just kind of finished the game with like 100 yards passing or something like that. Uh, I'm going to
1: have to start him in the fishbowl, though, because Tua, I don't believe, is, is going to be playing. Or if he does, uh, it'll you be missed a missed out of... on
2: Skylar Thompson? You didn't want to bid 750 on him?
1: Oh, oh, believe me. In in uh, Derek Van Riper's pentathlon uh, super flex league, uh, we are rolling out Skylar Thompson and the Zapper this week so
2: <laughs> that's uh that sounds like my team last year pretty much the equivalent you know
1: somehow we're, we're staying afloat I, I think a lot oh, of nice. that has to do with mostly Austin Eckler and Justin Jefferson but as you can imagine that was a so- salary cap draft uh dropped the bag on on those guys and Pitts and Sutton and just kind of figured out the rest and uh you know we're we're we're, we're passionate together, but, uh, yeah, it's turned me into uh, the biggest Bailey Zappi stand that you could that you can find outside of uh, New England. Uh, and, you know, taking a cue for, from our, our guy Lib Crusher over on Twitter, a uh, big Skylar Thompson guy um, a, as well. Um, but let's see here. Got a couple questions uh, before we get to those questions. So I do want to uh, ask, do you think the George Kittle uh, kind of snaps out of it this week? Because by the by the defense by position or defense first position metrics it looks like atlanta has been shaky against tight ends thus far
2: yeah i think Kittle, he you know he's inevitable at at some point so it's just each week he goes disappointing just means it's that much closer to the next blow up and uh, i don't really think matchups even matter that much for him it's discouraging that they've had him block especially two weeks ago as much as they did in that game but Otherwise, his big plays tend to be on just like he catches a five yard pass and, you know, brutalizes the defenders. And it's like him beating those guys the way he does isn't because the defense is bad. Exactly. It's just Kittle's a monster. So uh, it's it's apparently especially while Trent Williams is out, it's going to be apparently difficult for the 49ers to have a consistent passing game. But if, if Garoppolo's number goes over a certain point, Kittle's going to catch up eventually.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking so as well, and uh, maybe wish casting a little bit. I, d- I do need kittle to to get things rolling. All right, let's get a couple of questions here. So, Quinn off to a little bit of a tough start here. He's one and four this year. The Dak Prescott, Javante Williams, and Rashad Penny injuries got him. Sorry to hear that, Quinn. Uh, so, which trade is better for him to consider? trading away trading away I'm assuming uh, Jonathan Taylor for the combination of Aaron Jones and Amron Ross Saint Brown or Debo Samuel or Jonathan Taylor uh and Jalen waddle for Debo CD lamb and Joe Burrow uh
2: oh, man this is a tough one for me to think through but just because the first option doesn't and Taylor, you giving away Waddle, I guess I'm drawn toward that one, especially if you can get Debo instead of Amon Ra. Uh, nothing against Amon Ra at all. He'd be a great uh, Aaron Jones and him would be, if you got to make a move anyway, that, that might be about the best you can do. Um, but yeah, I, I personally would prefer Debo and, and nothing wrong with the second one. I know CeeDee Lamb's a big piece to get back, but Burrow might not be. I don't really have any faith in Zach Taylor. And no. uh, giving away Waddle is a, is a painful loss to me. Yeah,
1: I think so too. He'll, he'll get back on track, uh, here soon. Uh, let's see here. Oh, breaking news from Adam Schefter. Uh, Jerry Jones is 80 years old today. Happy birthday, Jerry.
2: Good guy. Way to go, Jerry.
1: (laughs) Way to go. Uh, let's see. Jr. wants to know, uh, well, he's got, uh, a lot of players here. Um, so I don't know if we're going to be able to read through all of that one.
2: Um, um, I guess try to sell high on George Pickens or something otherwise uh you might just kind of have to ride it out with these guys that you have in Benjamin this week if t- if Connor's out uh yeah, the main thing that's missing here is Connor's been hurt slash not that productive, but I don't think you have like the surplus capital elsewhere to turn him into a clear upgrade when all it really would take for Connor to be what you need him to is just kind of a little better luck than he's had no nah, I, th- I think so as well
1: uh fam first wants to know uh do you start mclaurin today even even with all of these uh rough conditions that, that we introed the show with or
3: I would like you start up or kirk
2: yeah, i mean i this is tough because all of them are pretty good options uh let's see the stupid jaguars have um The Jaguars Uh, are in Indianapolis. Colts versus. I'd I'd go with McLaurin.
1: I think so too. Yeah. Even if it's scary on a Thursday, low total game. uh, I
2: don't even think, especially with Dotson out, I mean, everything more. I think McLaurin's going to do something.
1: Yeah. He almost has to out of necessity. Plus, he is still uh, talent wise uh, the best or at least most established of that trio. Um, Let's see here. Jake wants to know. did did he win the trade? He gets Taylor and Godwin. Gave away Dalvin Cook and Juju. I would say yes.
2: Uh, did Dalvin get hurt again?
1: I don't believe the, so. Is,
2: so. I just think I just think Taylor might be out another three weeks. At least two weeks is the only thing slowing me down there. But yeah, it's hard to see Godwin as less than Juju at this point.
1: Okay, all right, fair enough. And then uh, Evan. Wants to know of this uh, trio, Raheem Mostert, Kenneth Walker, or C E H. Walker. Yeah, Walker. I think you know it's totally wheels up for him now. We'll, we'll talk about him uh, once we get to that Seattle game. But but you know, Walker, a pretty pretty golden projection. M- Mostert's been been great um, for you know relative to expectations, and you know of course relative to his ADP. You know it's been Awesome, but you know, you just never know when when uh, when that injury unfortunately is going to come. Uh, let's see here. So before we get on over to our next game, we got a message from our friends over at Blue Wire.
3: This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready to eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef crafted, dietitian approved. And ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant quality meals they are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to Factormeals.com slash RotoWire50 and use the code RotoWire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code RotoWire50 at Factormeals.com slash RotoWire50
0: Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: All right, we are on to Cleveland versus New England. Cleveland at home. They are two and a half point favorites coming off of their loss against the Chargers and the Patriots. They just blanked the highest scoring offense in the National Football League going into last week at the very least with with uh the twenty nine to zero resounding victory over the Detroit Lions. But uh, as we kind of talked about on the pod last week, Belichick was always going to put uh, Dan Campbell's brain in a pretzel. And that's kind of how that went. But
2: I mean, that was just a goof game. I I, I don't understand that. I've seen a lot of people are like, oh, Dan Campbell's going to get fired. He's got goof at quarterback and he's coaching the Lions. Like they have probably the worst or, you know, bottom five anyway, defensive personnel. It's like I'm I'm a bigger Dan Campbell fan than probably anyone, and I would have predicted this exact record or something to it, uh, close to it. So, uh, really, don't understand the the, the coaching panic. It's more, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, you're next. That's uh, you know, Ron Rivera, you're next. It's not. Yeah. Dan, Dan Campbell is not on the hot seat, and he he's doing a great job, even even though they uh they have a bad record. It's like they're. They should have a bad record. They don't have any talent. Um, no, I, I I totally agree with that. I, I, didn't oh, sorry, mean to, like, I didn't mean to attribute that to you. I'm, I'm more so because I, I saw like people tweeting out like firing odds and stuff. It's like Dan Campbell's second most likely. He's so like he's like the twenty fifth most likely.
1: No, I think I think he is building something there. And like, like you said, that uh, there's not all that many ingredients uh, to to cook with right now. But you know, even still, up until last week, they were still you know playing close competitive games, even even winning. Uh, yeah, um, it's just, they, <laughs> uh, you know,
2: that's the victory there. It's like that they they compete with pretty much anyone. It's like Goof going to Foxborough. Like, you know, that's a loss. Um, yeah. But anyway, I think, uh, you know, Goof is who he is. Uh, but uh, Brissette, it's a, you know, similar level of concern, I guess, there. The reason I still think the Browns stomp them is that I, I just, well, maybe not stomp. The New England should be able to run on the Cleveland run defense. The Cleveland run defense is one of the worst. I just think that, zappy against corners as fast as these Is Garrett back Garrett's probably back, right?
1: Yeah. Garrett and Clowney both played last week.
2: Yeah. So I think, um, Cleveland can match whatever new England can pose as a ground game. And I just don't see the setup for, uh, the new England defense to, you know, uh, take advantage of Bruce set the way that the Cleveland one, the, the guys they have that can run the way they do. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I get it. Uh, the, the Patriots are, are looking certainly a, a lot better than they did in recent weeks, but I, I just think the Browns have so much more talent. And, um, and I know that it's funny to entertain, but uh, I think Bill uh, Bell, Bill Belichick uh, not giving the assurance that Mac Jones starts, that's just Belichick being Belichick. I, it would be really funny if Mac Jones got benched.
1: No, I, I need that spiritually.
2: spiritually. <laughs> it would be really funny. Uh, especially after watching uh, like PFF and Northeast media at large last year, banging the drum for like Mac Jones MVP. Like he completed 22 of 30 passes for 206 yards, 90 grade, number one quarterback of the month. Yeah. We'll see about this. Um, So that, that was all ridiculous and it would be funny to watch all those same people just kind of, uh, Oh, I don't remember that. I did. I do that? Did I say that last year? I don't. I don't, I don't believe I did. <laughs> Just deleting
1: tweets. Deleting tweets. Um. Okay. All right. So I, I think what you, the case you're making there for for Cleveland is is certainly strong, and you know it, it's not often that that Cleveland has something of a uh, quarterback advantage in a given matchup, but that's probably what they have here. Uh, speaking truthfully. I
2: will say Belichick is a much better defensive schemer than Joe Woods, so that is another thing that New England has the advantage on there.
1: Yes, so uh, basically, you know, Brissett's going to be throwing the ball 25 times, maybe 30, um, so if if New England is able to capitalize on on a chance to to get, get a couple turnovers fr- from that sample, then, you know, maybe things change. I I am on the Patriots, but I certainly you know see your your case and you know there's a reason why uh, the spread is so tight in this one and uh, total 43, 43 and a half depending on where you're looking. Uh, any li- inklings on uh, the total for this one?
2: Uh, I guess I'd lean kind of under just because I feel like both teams need to run a lot to move the ball and if the clock's moving faster, then uh, to to, t- to trend toward us, you know, over kind of point total, I feel like there'd need to be big plays, which I can imagine from Nick Chubb, but not so much from Stevenson. I'm, I know he's a good running back, but he's, th- that preseason 80 yard touchdown that people freaked out about last year, like the defense just like didn't pursue him like the, He didn't break anyone's angle or anything. Uh, that same play is, is like an eight yard gain in the regular season. Mm-hmm.
1: OK, good, good point. We do have Stevenson ranked inside our top 10 for for running back yeah, it's a
2: good setup week. for him if Harris is out. I mean uh I, I and mean, they're they're gonna have to run it like upwards of forty times anyway. So uh there's right. room for a second running back if anything that I guess that's something to watch too. Uh,
1: uh we we need uh we need Kevin Harris season Yeah
2: I dude I'm I'm ready. It's gonna if he gets out there they're not putting him back on the practice squad.
1: That's what we're saying here, man. Absolutely. Uh, Before we get on over to our next game, we got a message from our friends over at No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week you can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all your picks bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league including nfl nba that season's right around the corner mlb pga mma and nascar sign up now with promo code nha wire that's n-h-a-w-i-r-e at no house advantage com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience Daily Fantasy Sports Redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. We also got a message from our friends over at Swagger. There are 50 million Fantasy sports players and sports bettors in the US, but 90% of all cash prizes are only won by 2% of the players? That's because most sports gaming options were created for pros. You know, the dudes dropping loads of cash on data to find an edge over the rest of us. Not Swagger. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Tired of losing because of one bad pick? With Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You simply create a ticket of 4 to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. Your score determines your win, not the perfect ticket. You can be half right and be all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your money. Plus, you can play fantasy football along with all the major U.S. pro sports as well as international soccer, Formula One, NASCAR, Fight Sports, Rugby, Cricket, and even esports. Ready to play? Visit playwithswagger.com slash RotoWire to sign up, and Swagger will give you ten dollars free to try them out, plus match your first deposit up to a hundred percent, up to a hundred dollars. Or your first deposit, yes, a hundred percent, up to a hundred dollars. Swagger, daily fantasy for all fankind. All right, we march forward as we continue our week six preview. Really interesting game here, actually, and I certainly would not have said that about a month ago or even coming into the season, but here we are. Packers, Jets. And when I checked uh, the, the way that the splits were were formulating earlier this week, ton of the public money and betting volume on the Jets. I think it's because, and my, my thesis is that the Packers, they're not bad. They're not as good as they have been, though. And they're still getting kind of the Vegas treatment as if they can blow teams out and I don't really feel like they're capable of
2: that yeah I guess uh, I guess it's a couple things to consider here and I guess as I try to think through it I can only see like two tracks that this game can go on one is that the Packers bad run defense and it is bad I don't I don't know what I don't know why it's so bad. It seems like they're just fundamentally not playing very well. Devondre Campbell was a bad contract extension. That guy was average at best before last year, and his numbers were, you know, his production was barely better than average, and they paid up for him, and now he's regressing hard. So uh, that's part of it. But uh, I think Barry, the defensive coordinator, is just not very good at this. Uh, with that said, the Jets' defense, uh, I don't know if it's really going to especially at Lambeau, I don't know if it's going to slow down Rodgers, even if Rodgers isn't playing that well. It's like if if Sauce Gardner is on uh, Dobbs, then that means Lazard is on Michael Carter too, or DJ Reed, guys who are um, almost like eight inches shorter than him. So Rodgers and the Jets run defense seems kind of bad. I think we're going to see the Green Bay running get uh, running game get going here. So I guess I kind of imagine the whole Packers offense doing well Uh, and in the event that they do, this is, this is the second track that goes bad. So the first track that it's viable for the jets is that they basically run a lot and take advantage of that bad Packers run defense and kind of keep the game close, maybe get Rodgers to make one turnover play. And then just, you know, hold onto the ball, sit on the ball, run and run, run. That's what they need to do to cover. Cause if they start passing to match the Packers, that's when I think the Packers' defense is is much more comfortable because not as not only because Zach Wilson's just kind of bad, but because these uh, these pass rushers for Green Bay, uh, with at least with the Jets' offensive line and the disrepair that it is, these guys can get after Wilson and make him turn over the ball upwards of three or four times in this game. So the Jets' defense needs to slow down Rodgers enough that they keep the run game viable, like lean heavily on the run. Uh, I think if Wilson throws more than, like, 27 passes in this game, he's going to fall apart. And then,
1: you know, any thoughts? You know, last week we we got good sample kind of uh, of this, uh, where the Vikings playing the week after London, uh, they pushed against the Bears, and the, and the Saints actually managed to cover. Um, so uh, they, they only had to cover five and a half points. Do, do you factor in any sort of travel, uh burn uh wh- when it comes to the packers here
2: i guess i just don't know what to do with it and i mean going to lambo i don't know it, it's it's uh the place where they'd be least affected by the travel i suppose
1: no that's a good point um so
2: but yeah we that, just
1: guessing, I the, have no clue that'd be the dirtiest uh sched- like doing dirt, doing someone dirty of the schedule makers to make someone go to London and then play on the road again, uh, the, the following week. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't even do that to the Jaguars. Um, but I I don't know. I, I feel like the, the Jets might be turning some corner and, and maybe this is just kind of soft analysis and you know, that their, their last two wins coming against uh, You know, the the Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett combo and then at home against, you know, th- a very, very banged up Dolphins. Maybe that kind of is fueling. Uh, yeah, well, they,
2: beat, uh they beat Kansas State last week. Um, Yeah, I think uh, I don't know. The Jets have some stuff going on. I like the skill position players a lot, but Wilson just sucks. And his offensive line, to be fair, is just store is like just beat up. Uh, it's like they have Elijah Vera Tucker playing every position, every game. Uh, that's not great. Going to Lambeau. Yeah, I, I I think this is a meltdown game for Wilson, actually, the more I think about it.
1: OK. All right. So maybe maybe it is time to to get back in on, on the Packers. Um, it's a big number again. But, you know, I think w- Wilson historically, even if it's not a long history, has shown that that he can kind of uh, have those meltdown games like you mentioned in the Packers secondary is uh, still very talented top to bottom and that pass rush pretty nasty as well. Um, we got uh, Colts Jags coming up next and actually a uh, question from our guy Jeff that that marries in nicely. Some good hosting here um, for, for this game. Uh, Alec Pierce or Devin Duvernay? I got to say, man, maybe you're just you're victim of circumstance or, or you got the, the kind of Stockholm syndrome uh, fr- from last week's game where the only thing that was really working on the offense for either side, it felt like that was Alec Pierce. Like I, I was legitimately impressed by him. I know that he's someone that we, that we talked about a lot during draft season and, and um, you know, after the combine, because his combine w- was so strong and in, in kind of an unexpected way. Um, you know, the, the production w- was good at Cincinnati uh, wasn't like the most high volume passing attack, but, you know, he he cornered a really high share of the targets there and handled them well and at an efficient rate, proved to be a plus athlete as well. And, you know, we, we've we talked about for, for years at this point where the Indianapolis, for whatever reason, just is having trouble like stocking its wide receiver talent. And it feels like Pierce kind of could be that guy, although, you know, with Duvernay, you also have. Rashad Bateman not practicing yesterday missed last week's game Duvernay was obviously very involved against the Bengals both as a pass catcher and and uh, a little bit as a runner that's always a, a nice little added bonus for 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 Duvernay managers but long long preamble to to ask you which one of those two you're starting this week
2: it is tough, and Pierce looked really good. I thought he looked better than Pittman ever did, actually. And uh, the reason I'm not as high on Pittman as some people is like, I think a lot of his production was schemed open, and I think he's just kind of a wide receiver, too. Like, There's not much explosiveness to him. He doesn't really separate. He's not actually good after the catch. He just gets a lot of opportunities, a lot of setups to run after the catch, uh, setups that I think would be more productive with other players. But uh, Alec Pierce, I think, actually warrants the the dialing up that the Colts do. Like I think Ballard and Reich committed to a mission of like we got to get Pittman's numbers juiced. And I think uh, with Pierce, it's a more it's a more worthwhile pursuit because he's got the big play ability, uh, which we knew. And the part that we didn't, or at least I didn't know that I I didn't uh, factor in exactly was that Pierce was awesome underneath and in the intermediate last week. So if he can make those kinds of plays, if he's making contested catches on, you know, short and intermediate plays, in addition to the separation that he creates as a downfield target, not that it matters so much with Matt Ryan at quarterback, no. but in the future, or you know, if somebody can throw the ball far enough, Pierce will make downfield plays too. Uh, but those, those underneath plays, if he's doing that, I don't know what he doesn't do exactly. I don't know where the limitation is anymore. And at Cincinnati, he only caught downfield passes, but I think you know, the, the more he plays, like last week anyway, in hindsight, it's that was just due to the Cincinnati scheme or maybe Desmond Ritter or something like that, but uh, Pierce being six three two eleven, running the low 4'4", uh, making catches like he did last week, I don't know what kind of catch he can't make in that case, whereas with Pittman, I think there are some categorical limitations to his game, so uh, the bigger problem for Pierce is that I don't know how you deal with that Colts offensive line, especially when they went all that last game with Reich doing nothing to help that right tackle, which is just so insane and drives me completely crazy after having to watch Mo Alley Cox stay in the block so many times. And this like the one time you really could use some help on the edge and you don't put anyone there to block unbelievable. Um, But anyway, that right tackle is not going to be easily hidden from Trayvon Walker or Josh Allen, the defensive end. So I could imagine Matt Ryan just getting murdered in this game and uh, Pierce, you know, might not be able to run a 12 yard route before Ryan completely just gets swallowed up in the backfield. So I would probably go with DuVernay, but uh, it's like if I had some kind of assurance about the Colts offensive line, I would go Pierce because it's easy for me to imagine the Ravens winning that game without throwing it more than like 17 times. Uh, whereas with Pierce, you're talking like eight targets, uh, that kind of range going forward in a given game. Okay, all right. So good, good summation. I would go Duvernay, but it's it's like if the if the pass rush were less threatening with the Jags, I would go Pierce. But that that's the thing that's making me pivot.
1: Yeah, the 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 healthier over your overall offense kind of ends up being the the tiebreaker there. Um, Duvernay yeah. is
2: good. It's just that yeah. they just kind of they run so much, and you know Lamar takes so much.
1: Yeah, no, he he does, and I think that Baltimore is going to start to run it a little bit more as J.K. Dobbins gets a little bit healthier. I thought he looked really good on on I think Sunday night. He looks really night.
2: good so far. Yeah.
1: Um. So going back to the 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 matter at, at hand for for this game between the Jags and the Colts. Um. So th- this one I, I think is an interesting one for, from a betting perspective, where, where Indianapolis uh, one and a half point favorites obviously home field ha- has something to do with that we saw J- jacksonville blank them in jacksonville but a- as we've established jack uh indianapolis is incapable uh, of winning down in duval but different case uh up in indianapolis i almost called it the rca dome it is uh, lucas oil stadium i've i went to rca dome one time though uh, uh horrible 1998 what the worst stadium ever? It just felt like one big, like, fire hazard. But, um, Lucas Oil, much nicer. And that's where, uh, the, the Georgia Bulldogs won their national championship. Uh, but I digress. Um, Jags coming off of, uh, just a brutal, uh, result last week against Houston. Do they get back on track?
2: I don't know. Cause what the Jaguars need to do is run more and pass less. If you want to trot out Marvin Jones and Zay Jones as your outside receivers, you forfeit the option of throwing 36 times in a game. Like if you want to throw 36 times with those guys, you lose. So they didn't get the ball to the running backs enough. They didn't get ETN going as a pass catcher enough. That's why they lost. The reason they'll lose this game is because they can't run on the Colts. I don't know. Maybe that, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just being presumptuous with that, but I don't think they'll actually be able to run on the Colts. And this time around, the Colts are going to defend Christian Kirk differently. And if Christian Kirk doesn't get going, the Jaguars just don't have anything left because Zay Jones isn't doing anything. I mean, he might, if the defense kind of just gets sloppy with his own coverage or whatever, fine. But that's the only way him, and especially Marvin Jones is not beating anyone. So the other thing that's annoying about the Jaguars offense is they're using Evan Ingram the wrong way. They're using him the same stupid way that Jason Garrett did the way Jason Garrett invented Evan Ingram. Hadn't been used that way prior to Jason Garrett. And now Doug Peterson is using him the exact same way, which is really discouraging to me. Um, If they get Evan Ingram going as a downfield threat, if they, if if the Colts want to roll all their slot coverage toward Christian Kirk on one side, then what Doug Peterson needs to do is put Evan Ingram on the other side and send him on a post route, not a curl, not a drag, a post route down the seam, 15 plus yards down the seam, and the Colts won't have anyone there if that happens. But I don't have any faith in Peterson doing that, so I think the Colts just kind of win in a disgusting game.
1: Gross, but... Fair. Um, I, yeah, I, I kind of view it uh, that way as well. Um, that that kind of ties in. Austin wants to know, uh, he's considering, uh, you know, with Najee being uh, on a bye this week, uh, would you start, or I'm sorry, um, but you go Najee Dobbins Harris, J.K. Dobbins, or James Robinson?
2: Yeah, Dobbins for sure.
1: Okay. Um, do, do we think that James Robinson still start worthy or is it, is it Jags think it's a offense bad right matchup.
2: now? But If you got to start Robinson somewhere, it's not a big deal at all. A lot of people are in worse situation. Uh, but it's just a tough matchup, I think.
1: Yeah. And, and forgive me, I misspoke that the Steelers are not on a buy. They, They're just playing the Buccaneers, which is uh, a tough, tough draw.
2: I think I do prefer Dobbins over Harris, but Harris over Robinson for sure. Okay
1: and da, da, da. um anything else from this game before we move on
2: uh no i hate the this game this yeah
1: it stinks it stinks folks um vikings dolphins dolphins at home vikings three-point favorites that's pretty much held Tyler Thompson uh, through...
2: game vikings cover my god
1: yeah i I tend, uh, this is not to gonna, agree.
2: Skyler Thompson is like a sub practice squad quarterback. No offense. I mean, it's just it's not going to go.
1: Um, any? I mean, what does that do for the rest of the the Dolphins that that you have, though?
2: Well, I th- I think you always start Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, unless you're just loaded at receiver or something, because they could take you know a five yard slant, and Skyler Thompson can throw that pass, but. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not expecting Mostert to have one of his better games. Like, I'm, I'm sure they're going to try to get him going, they're going to try to make him get going early immediately. But I feel like by the second quarter, they're down two scores.
1: Yeah, I could, I could certainly see that as well. And then, uh, on the injury front for, for the Dolphins, uh, Tyreek Hill obviously w- was, I think, in a walking boot after after Sunday's game or, or something like that. But uh, he was able to log a full practice on Wednesday. So it looks like that they should be full speed at least as far as the the pass catchers are concerned. But, you know, the the Skylar Thompson factor um, definitely steers things towards the Vikings in uh, this spot. Um, Let's see here. Matt wants to know, do you think A.J. Dillon is going to get going at any point, or will Rodgers' ego continue to get in the way?
2: I I think the problem is more so that uh, just Aaron Jones and and then – in the context of Green Bay losing, they don't get that running back usage to create room for both of them. Uh, the whole two running back formation thing didn't work uh, either because they could not or would not actualize Aaron Jones as a pass catching threat. So they just ended up playing 10 on 11 and that doesn't really help anybody. So um, with that, with all that said, I I do think this is as good of a setup as Dylan can get really. It's, it's just kind of like whether it works is subject to, when he gets the ball and, you know, how many, I guess, points the Jets offense scores, because the less the Jets offense score, the better for Dylan. Uh, the, the sooner that the Packers say, OK, no more Aaron Jones, like that's that's the best case scenario. And I think this game is pretty close to it. But as far as consistency beyond this week, no, they uh, A.J. Dillon needs Aaron Jones to miss time.
1: Yeah. OK.
2: All right. That that
1: definitely checks out. Um, let's go. Saints Bengals. Bengals, one and a half or two point favorites, depending on where you're looking. I kind of love the Saints in this spot.
2: Yeah, the Bengals are a bad team, man. They suck. And Zach, not that they should. It's just Zach Taylor's a terrible coach. It's almost like he got his job because he married Mike Sherman's daughter or something instead of being a good coach. So I think that uh, Saints are tough. I mean, they're not exactly a good team and not having Olave, right? I'm just assuming they won't have Olave. uh, That takes them down a, a... good notch as a passing game i just think they could run the wishbone against the the Bengals, and uh and not that they're, the the Bengals defense is pretty good i actually think lou anarumo is a good defensive coordinator but uh, i think they're going to get gassed over the course of the game and the, the Bengals offense is just a guy like cam jordan going against that offensive line i don't know
1: yeah that i mean uh jonah williams <laughs> I, th- I think i saw that he dislocated his kneecap partially during last week's game and he's that's gonna try to try to keep rolling um so i mean that's uh man that that sounds tough and then you know i my, one of my kind of big takeaways from cincinnati's performance last week was uh the the theory of that offense doesn't work as well when you have when you're missing one of your star receivers and like it, it sounds like captain obvious but um I, I think it speaks to just how important a full strength T Higgins is to the rest of uh, the way you can defend the Bengals because when, when he's not right or when he's sidelined, like he was last Thursday, you can roll coverage over to Jamar chase and just kind of make Joe Burrow try to beat you with Hayden Hurst.
2: Yeah. I think part of the problem with the Bengals though, is that they've had Higgins most of the year and they still found themselves mostly in situations like last week where it's just kind of, like I said it on, uh, I, think, I don't remember if it was with you in the podcast or the, sh- one of the shows, the the XM shows, but the the thing that makes the Bengals offense suck so much right now is that it's really easy to play fast as a defense. As a defense, you don't have to process anything when you're keying on the the Bengals offense, and that's important because you want defenders to think. You don't want them to to play see ball get ball. You want to make the game more complicated than that for them. And Taylor simply does not. Taylor gives them you know just this this easy coursework and it allows them to just sit back one two quick read click gun for my guy gun for the ball wherever it is i know where i'm going i'm just you know nfl defenders they're almost all freakishly athletic people so if you let if you make the game simple for them it almost doesn't matter what defense you're playing you're going to have they're going to be on your guys all the time and the offensive line isn't that good either so uh I just I think the Bengals got some real problems, and I don't think they're going to get anywhere near figuring them out until Zach Taylor's fired, and it doesn't seem I mean, like they're going to do that because he got to the Super Bowl last year, even though he sucks.
1: Yeah, that that'll get you a little bit of job security. Although, you know, Doug Peterson didn't stick around Philly too much longer af- after um, after. He
2: doesn't have as good of uh, consultants uh, getting him to make bad. You know, anyway, Doug Doug got like screwed out of what, what his job was, whereas Zach Taylor. Uh, married into his, and and last year just like rode the coattails of Burrow, Chase, Higgins, and now that he needs to come up with an actual idea, he just cannot. Like he he doesn't even have uh, the book that the playbook that that Henry Winkler has in the in mm-hmm. the Water Boys. Like he doesn't he doesn't have anything to lean on. He just he's he's been just a guy who kind of goes through the motions, gets opportunities handed to him on the basis of his cast, and uh they. If they don't get rid of them, they're never going to get better. I'm sorry. It's well, as simple as well, that. Well, and,
1: the, you know, I, I'm not, uh, mister, like, oh, the, this, this play is clearly taken from someone else's playbook. But, um, in in that one sequence last week, they, they ran the Philly special and then they also ran the Chiefs goal line shovel pass play.
2: Yeah. It's, neither, it's the other thing, too. The, the, we almost don't want Zach Taylor to try to be better because his version of trying to be something other than himself is just this mangled, ill-conceived attempt to just like emulate other things that he doesn't understand. And that could maybe even get worse.
1: I I think so too. A couple other questions for, for this game. I did think Mixon looked pretty good last week. Do you think that continues?
2: Yeah, he's fine. I just, uh, they're all stuck on this team, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know how the circumstances get better unless Zach Taylor becomes a fundamentally different person than he's always been.
1: And then, um, you know, at, as duty bound fantasy football analysts um wearing shock collars, we have to mention Taysom Hill. Your thoughts?
2: Uh yeah, it's uh kind of annoying because he's you know not a tight end, but what can you do? It's uh he's gonna score a lot of points, especially with the, the position obliterated like it is this year.
1: Oh, it's it's it is tough out there. Um so yeah, keep firing him up where where you have him. Um let's see, a couple questions here. Uh I hope I'm not butchering your name but Bine Bine uh wants to know what our thoughts on Dalvin Cook are and should you trade him.
2: I mean anybody on, can, can be bought but uh right. got a bit got to be a good enough bid on him and Cook it can be quite valuable it's been up and down to start but that's probably going to be one of the higher scoring league offenses and he's one of the better running backs so sometimes that's all you can really do
1: right and and you know like you mentioned earlier with the jonathan taylor stuff like it, running backs like, like dalvin cook are few and far between so you, you'd you really need like a, a kind of king's ransom i think to to move off of him uh garrett wants to know uh lockett and gabe davis for hollywood and miles sanders would that be i'd rather
2: point? have the left side i think but and not that the right side is anything bad or anything it's just Marquise Brown might get his numbers knocked a bit when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Miles Sanders is just kind of a wild card from week to week. I feel like Lockett and uh, Davis could seem like a bit of a wild card too, but I think he just had a bad ankle for two weeks. I think I think Lockett and Davis are top twenty-ish, top twenty-five-ish receivers.
1: Yeah, so I'd probably stand pat there unless like you really need a running back help. But if I'd you need do,
2: more from that other team.
1: Yeah, I'd need more more than a Miles Sanders. Let's go Ravens-Giants. So we got the Ravens checking in. Uh, This number has moved around a little bit, up to six uh, in favor of the Ravens. Uh, It was like five, five and a half earlier this week. Um, Yeah, it was down to five as of Tuesday. Uh, Now it's up to six. That's over um, at DraftKings. Total checks in at 45. So it's climbed a little bit. Um, Your inklings on this matchup?
2: Yeah, Dable and uh, Wink Martindale are doing a good job. Uh, the Giants clearly overachieving. They're definitely playing above their talent level, but uh, not in a way that you would specifically just say like they're marked for regression, therefore. It's like they're going to keep outplaying whatever level they should because the league is full of terrible coaches, and these two might be pretty good. Martindale is definitely time-tested by this point as a defensive coordinator. So
1: And uh, time-tested in Baltimore.
2: Right, yeah. Tricks. True. yeah uh, Wink Martindale, uh revenge narrative game. Uh, I think that uh, this, this could be tough for the Ravens to pull away just in the, in the way that the, it's often difficult for them to really pull away. It's like w- when they light up a scoreboard and blow out an opponent, it's usually just because Lamar went completely insane and anything less than that tends to be a close game when you're as run heavy and, uh, just kind of like selectively explosive as that passing game is it's like it, it can go cold and uh, yeah and then
1: the defense is bad too
2: the defense just kind of sucks yeah i i don't think it's a safe game for the, the ravens exactly but uh the reason they should still win is just lamar i mean lamar versus daniel jones like that should never be a game that <laughs> the daniel jones sides ever win like imagine louisville versus duke you know, like it's, it's, it's an obscenity to even imagine it. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, probably kind of like a low scoring hit or miss offense kind of game. Maybe some, maybe a turnover or two for Lamar. It's like Xavier McKinney against Mark Andrews is going to be pretty tough on Andrews. Uh, not that he can't win it, but it's just, it's, you'd rather see him going against some bum rather than one of the best players on the Giants. So uh, yeah, I think Duvernay stays pretty good and Lamar, you, you called it. I think with Dobbins actually It's like he's he's looking pretty good. If the, if that knee is feeling okay, he's gonna he's gonna rip off a long one eventually.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. Um, you know they're they're kind of working him back into the mix. Uh, you know I don't I don't think he's gotten over ten carries in, in a game yet. I think this is the week that that changes. And I I think also that you know the Giants are they've proven to be one one of the both these teams actually have proven to be two of the more porous on a per carry basis run defenses um so i, I think you know like, like you said i think this game script sets up really nicely for for both barkley you know and the giants rushing attack and they, they kind of by necessity have to go that route and then you know the ravens you know L- lamar and his rushing ability dobbins likely or seeming to to get better um i don't, really, I don't like know Gus what
2: edwards to get back is that gonna happen is he just done
1: he, no he he's um they, they opened his window Okay. For uh, for a return, they can so
2: really I, use Gus Edwards.
1: Yeah, because the I mean, it was it was great to see Justice Hill kind of look like an NFL running back for for a couple weeks till he pulled his hammy. Um, but the combination of Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis behind Dobbins is non-viable.
2: Yeah, and it, it, I know it's it doesn't matter to most people, but Gus Edwards is the kind of running back who the defense really hates to see. It's like they they know he's not going to run away from them more or less, but it just sucks to have to tackle this 235 pound guy who, who really hits his, his top speed, like within like three steps. And it's always right at the, in the middle of the defense. And it's just, you know, your, your helmet and your shoulder pads are cracking every time that guy's on the field. And it's, it, uh, it, it, it probably dizzies you when you're trying to in the other plays, chase Lamar Jackson all over the place. Yeah. I mean,
1: the Gus Bus, it's a, it's a perfect nickname, really good. So yeah, hope, to, and, uh, hope to see him back uh, shortly.
2: Literal everything,
1: yeah. It it just it checks out. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's grab a couple more questions here uh, before we jump. On, or final verdict on this game? Ravens close.
2: Oh, Ravens, but like the under and maybe the Giants cover. Okay, all right, that
1: works for me. Um, Kenson wants to know. Uh, Fournette and Drake London for for Jonathan Taylor. Already has Jacobs, <sighs> Derek Henry, and Kenneth Walker. Um, I don't think that you need to get rid of them. I, mean, I gotta say,
2: this sounds like a ten or an eight team even league. In which case, uh, if you're under twelve, I think a guy like London quickly becomes less valuable just because you need that kind of like top twenty kind of player at a position to to really move the needle. And uh, as long as you can start those four running backs, having Taylor, Henry, Walker now, uh, that that would be a that's the kind of stuff that I think can set you apart in a 10 team kind of league. But you got to the main thing to keep in mind is Taylor might miss another three weeks.
1: Right. So important uh, to keep that in mind. Uh, Evan wants to know. Broncos or Bucks defense this week? I think just based. On, I think I would start the Bucks most of the time anyway. But when they're going up against Pittsburgh, I think.
2: Yeah, no contest, way. Buccaneers.
1: And, Jimmy Smith, uh, congratulations on your retirement. I think I made that joke the last time that you jumped in the chat. Every
2: time you send us a question, you're <laughs> going to
1: get it. It's just, I mean, I, there's not a whole <laughs> lot going on up here as far as new information goes. So I just like to recycle. Um, is Allen Robinson a drop in 12s?
2: Uh, not mandatory, but if you see somebody that you think can help your team, there's probably a good case to make that that player can do more than Robinson can. But I wouldn't drop him for just like, you know, Philip Lindsay or something.
1: Okay, so here here's someone who got picked up in a lot of spots this week. Would you drop Alan Robinson for Alec Pierce? Yes. There we have it. Okay. Um, let's keep chugging along. Uh, Bucks, Steelers, Bucks, eight point favorites in this one going up to the Steel City. Uh, Steelers, uh, you know, kind of like how you set up the, the two ways that, that this game is going to go between the, the Packers and the Jets. I, I thought that last week it was either Buffalo completely rinses them from, from the start or Buffalo plays sloppy and. You know Pittsburgh just kind of like finds a way to to keep it close, but uh, you know, and the books have obviously adjusted to it at this point. I mean, we're, we're not used to seeing these big of numbers next to the Steelers' names uh, as underdogs, but that's just kind of the the state of this team right now. So, I mean, I I just feel like Tampa Bay holds them to thirteen or fewer points, and and you know finds a, a way to cover in this spot against a defense that you know is that without Watt it really doesn't have all that much thump to it
2: yeah I think the Steelers will play tough for a quarter or two because their defense will match the intensity of the buccaneers and they're gonna you know blitz a bit or so uh, I don't know do, do something to try to get after Brady and maybe they have a little luck just because the Buccaneers offense isn't at full form yet but I think over the course of the game they're gonna the buccaneers are going to accumulate better field position uh, Pickett is going to start turning it over. And eventually, I think the Steelers defense gets gassed, and the you know the wheels just fall off and uh I don't know what I expect the the differential to be exactly, but without even knowing the spread, I'll say the buccaneers cover,
1: yeah, but it's uh bucks eight or eight and a half depending on on where yeah. you're looking. Let's do it all right, do it, do it, do it. um, let's see as far as uh th- this Buck's offense goes. What do you make of Rashad White and his recent, you know, usage uptick uh, that the it looks like the pass catching core for for Tampa's continues to be really banged up? I don't know if yeah. Kate Otten's quite on the on the radar yet or anything like that. But, you know, he's Godwin. I
2: good. I mean, he's yeah. definitely a lot better than Brate. And uh, the weird thing about Otten is they were using him as a blocking specialist the first like four or five weeks in, or sorry, four weeks. And he's not really supposed to be a blocker. He's supposed to be, I mean, he can do it, but he's he's supposed to be running around catching passes, and he did a really good job last week, so I think that's going to help them. I do like Rashad White, though. I, I just don't know how much there is to do when Fournette is active. Like, granted, it, the way they handled the first month, giving Fournette like 55 snaps a game and like literally every touch on offense, those days appear to be gone. I just don't know if White's going to do, claim more, you know, claim enough to get on that like flex radar, or if he's more just kind of the the handcuff to Fournette if Fournette gets hurt. I, I do like White as a prospect, though. I don't know who you'd compare him to exactly. I guess I think of him kind of more like a, a, li- a little bit better built Tony Pollard or something like a guy like a Pollard kind of player who can take a little more volume and maybe is a little less explosive, something like that.
1: No, that yeah, I'm, I'm, I got the faith in Rashad White, but like you said, as long as Fournette's there and healthy um, you know it's it's just going to be hard to like take significant work off of his plate to wear white you know pr- profiles um, as like a serious flex candidate or or anything higher than that uh, for you know I, know I know we're not huge on the DFS we usually let uh, Jen Stad and, and Ryan uh, take care of that but is Evans like in a smash spot this week
2: I, I don't know I mean the, the seal is just kind of roll zones around and where the openings happen. It's not even really so much about like this receiver beat this corner. The receivers are all better than all the corners. It's just that they turn the game into something where they're not covering them one-on-one. And uh, it's kind of like up to the quarterback to figure out where those zones are rolling and go someplace where they're, they're not the, the place that they leave behind to go uh, cover some other part of the field. So Evans can dust these guys for sure. It's just that it might be almost anyone who gets open, you know, because it's just going to be like wherever the Steelers roll a, roll away from, if it's Otten who's over there, Brady will get it to him. If it's uh, Godwin, Gage, whatever, whoever's not covered is where the ball should go. And uh, I guess I'd be surprised if Brady got fooled over and over and over by a defense like that. I feel like the Steelers might trick him, you know, a drive or two, but eventually he's going to get their number.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. So that this uh, profiles is a good spot for pretty much any of those Tampa Bay guys. Um, the total in that particular game, although Tampa obviously expected to do a lot of the heavy lifting there is, is just 43 and a half or 44. So so not expected to be like a, a, an extremely high scoring game. We got a lot of higher scoring games uh, in the afternoon window, uh, which we are about to get to here. But first message from our friends over at MKF. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too. I know because I'm on it. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. Again, that promo code RWNFL. All right. Here's an interesting one. There's a lot of difference in the spreads at various books for this one. It's as high as 11, as low as nine and a half. We got the Rams playing host to the Panthers. This one is a game that if you had no like gambling or fantasy interest, you'd just not even have this game on your radar at all. But I think by extension of those two things, obviously we are pretty interested in it. So, I mean, the Rams, they look busted. They look busted, but obviously the Panthers might be the worst team in football. So what do you do? And both these teams have been awful against the spread. Can you trust the Rams to cover points? that many points?
2: I don't know. I mean, like
1: I'm, I'm sure, hesitant to even use really. the Rams in Survivor this week.
2: Okay, I think they'll be fine with that. Just because um, is Donald even healthy? Or are they starting like PJ Walker? I think
1: it's I think it's the PJ Walker show.
2: You can't do PJ Walker offense in the NFL. It's not. I don't know. I mean, I I think I think you might see Aaron Donald get like six sacks in this game or something. Uh, I I don't ten points maybe I can't do it, but the the survivor I think. This is the week you have to use the Rams. I would even say because it, it, you're you're playing with all kinds of fire any other week.
1: Yeah, Survivor is is just tough in general this week. But Rams, obviously the biggest spread on the board, it makes sense to use them, even as uncomfortable as it may be. Um, yeah, that 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 might end up being the move. Uh, let's see here. Ten to nothing, John. <laughs> A push. Um, your thoughts on any any like fantasy relevant uh, thoughts for for this particular matchup
2: uh, I mean, should be fine. Apparently, Tyler Higbee is going to play 70 snaps a game and get 11 targets for 55 yards every game. Uh, some running backs probably going to get a gas Carolina run defense to run on. But which one are they? Does it even matter then? uh going to get to gas defense as, as a rams running back might just mean like oh we we finally get to average 3.5 yards per carry mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's disgusting the, the the rams defense might score more than the offense but I, I still i think would take the rams to cover it
1: okay all right that that checks out um quick question here from Movie fan 101, Christian Kirk or Brian Robinson this week? I think it, it's – You're uh, asking the wrong Christian,
2: person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Year. I here. would say Christian Kirk. I thousand would say out of a thousand, but, Christian uh, Kirk as well. I'll give Robinson this. He's got a better chance at a one-yard touchdown run than Christian Kirk.
1: That's true. That's facts right there. Um, Devin wants to know, should he trade Michael Pittman for Tyler Lockett?
2: I don't know. That's tough. I mean, I, I'm obviously a bit of a Pittman critic relative to some people, but that might be getting a little too cute. I don't know. I, I love Lockett. And I, I got to say, I think what he's doing is sustainable. Uh, man, hell, I, I won't say don't do it. I don't know. I the, the, I, I don't really want to recommend specifically that you do it, but I, I'm not against it as much as I thought I might have been because I do believe in Lockett and I don't know if Geno Smith can really keep it up, but he's he's been oddly convincing to me. I don't know what to say about it.
1: Yeah, and and you know Matt Ryan on the other side of that. Yeah. I don't think oh. it, I don't think he gets any better I, I really. really.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm giving like the most cowardly response possible. I realize, but I I would not <laughs> criticize moving Pittman for Lockett. I just I don't know if I I just don't really have the guts to tell someone to do it.
1: I will trade okay.
2: him. Trade right, him to Lockett. Not my problem now. John's got it. Thank you,
1: <laughs> there it is. um, let's see here. uh Nick wants to know he's looking to to upgrade for Brady at quarterback, I don't know but if you got gotta got re- include a receiver here, would you include Michael Thomas or Hopkins? I feel like if you've held on to Hopkins, I think you gotta hang on to him like yeah, you know. I think
2: you gotta get more than Brady for either of these players unless it's like two quarterback or something in which case i mean i guess in two quarterback or super flex sure uh either receiver but unless it's that i i would need a lot more than i would almost need a trade package where brady isn't the biggest name in it for Mm. either of those guys
1: yeah that brady's fantasy production i I think i I have a dimmer view on
2: i will say Um, i like brady's november setup a lot more but he's got injuries around him to work through right now no he absolutely
1: does and you know that can't always bank on that uh getting better over the course of the season. Uh we were just talking about uh Geno Smith. His Seattle Seahawks are playing host to the Arizona Cardinals and Seahawks are... by like
2: 37.
1: <laughs> I I hate it, but I I think I like the Cardinals here.
2: Sure enough. I mean to be serious, the Seahawks defense really cannot cover Marquise Brown. Uh probably not Rondale either, really, but they're going to know all of Arizona's plays. So that's the part. It's always the part that I don't know what to do about with the, the Cardinals. Cause I think Murray's good. I think Brown's good. I think, I think Rondale's good, but Cliff Kingsbury's playbook is out there for everybody to see. There's, there's like one, it's a laminated sheet with two sides. There's, there's maybe 12 plays on the, between the two sides. So uh, Mike Jackson, Tariq woolen, those are the last two corners you want on a five foot, Eight one 155 pound blur like Marquise Brown uh, but only Marquise Brown and, and maybe a little bit of you know Benjamin or something is all I can imagine from scrimmage I guess I guess Ertz and Rondale will catch short passes or whatever uh, I just don't know if that's really like a competitive offense to field so I, I think the Seahawks win to be serious and I, I, I think I would, just, I would blindly take them to cover without even knowing uh, what the spread is uh, but yeah the the Marquise Brown part, I don't know how the Seahawks deal with him. Like he could have like 150 yards and two touchdowns. I just don't know if the rest of the offense would.
1: Yeah. that That's going to be an interesting one for DFS because the, the total is 50 and a half. So you can definitely imagine, you know, a setup where you go like Kyler, Rondale, Marquise Brown, run Kenneth Walker back on, on the other side of it. um, And, and, you know, kind of get yourself set up nicely there because a, a lot of the, the fantasy intrigue, of course, is going to be on that Bills Chiefs game. We'll, we'll get to here in a second. Um, but
2: uh, I like Metcalf a lot in this one.
1: Okay, interesting. Uh, Metcalf, and then your thoughts on Kenneth Walker? Now that he's going to kind of take over, do you do you view him as like a legit RB two the
2: rest of the way? Uh, yeah, I I think Walker's good. Like he's not as good as Penny, but Penny is extremely good, and you can be not as good as a player like Penny and still be well above average, which is what I think is the case with Walker. So uh, Cardinals run defense, Cardinals defense in general, not good. So love Walker this game. Uh, when he plays a team like the 49ers, that's a different question, but this, this is a major green light. Yeah, I, th- I think so as
1: well. Um, let's see. Uh Zach wants to know, should he trade Jamar Chase and Kamara for Cooper Cup and CEH? I wouldn't. Okay. Um, let's see. And then uh, Kevin wants to know Aaron Jones or Ramondre Stevenson this week in, in flex.
2: And it's a great setup for Stevenson. And yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd probably okay. go Stevenson, honestly. He's got the better workload setup. I just think. Jones is really good and explosive and could get like three touchdowns in this game I don't know I, I'd go Jones but not because I want to make the call
1: alright and then uh, one more here uh, Wentz or Daniel Jones is a is a quarterback stream this week
2: I'd go with Wentz uh, sorry in advance if he has one of his special days but I think uh, he'd be such an idiot to blow this one
1: well, uh yeah, it, we've seen him do it before, but you know I, th- I think I am leaving uh,
2: open the possibility. I'm not saying he is not an idiot. I'm just saying what it would take to blow it in this case
1: yeah the, the bears it's, are, are it's special a- special level there um let's go on Bill's chiefs uh, I think a, a lot of people are kind of shocked that this isn't a standalone game fair um I think we we've gotten. Plenty of these guys on, on uh, national TV anyway uh, this season. And you know what? Frankly, with only two other games going on on Sunday, I think you'll be able to find a way to, to uh, tune in to the Bills and Chiefs without missing a whole lot. Otherwise, maybe that Cardinal seahawks game will, will end up being pretty fun. But uh, Panthers-Rams can be safely ignored on your, on your uh, red zone setup. Uh, but Chiefs, I believe they are home underdogs for the first time since Patrick Mahomes' took over as the starter there. They over under uh, checking in at 54 or 53 and a half, depending on the book. And and the chiefs are either three point or two and a half point dogs. Um, so my read on this one was that I, I feel like the difference is the bills defense. And, and you know what, sometimes like when Patrick Mahomes is playing his best game, a great defense just simply doesn't matter. Right. Um, but but um, I, I think in this setup, the Bills are, are going to be able to kind of like name their score a little bit. I, I think that um, they, they won't be able to make the Chiefs pay for their lack of run defense because they don't have much in the way of a run game. But I still think that, you know, we, we saw Derek Carr have some success this past week against uh, the the Chiefs secondary. If the pass rush isn't getting home for Kansas City and Josh Allen has, has time to operate, um, I, I think that the Bills can can go in and actually get the win
2: yeah uh I think the Chiefs I don't know they they' they've, they've given up 12 touchdowns to one interception as a passing offense but they've got uh it's like 6.8 yards per pass allowed. I can't I can't really get a good, good idea I guess I guess with McDuffie out there's they're still just kind of at a disadvantage um yeah the, I guess the bills should kind of win this I think the Chiefs defense is pretty good uh with that said like I, I think they they're they're probably due to to force some turnovers it's just probably not in this game uh so I don't know I I think the Chiefs offense looks a little weird and I think uh I I know that like Jarek McKinnon had that one carry last week and people just lose their absolute minds anytime he does anything at all but it's like that was the worst tackling I've ever seen pretty much outside of that I thought that Noah Fant game against the Texans his rookie year. I don't know that I've seen an example of, especially on a single play of worse tackling than on that. Uh, mm-hmm. if they keep giving McKinnon snaps. They're going to suffer for it. I mean, he can't play. It's a, it's a joke. Uh, th- if they can't run the ball in this game, I don't really see what they can do because I, I just don't think they have the ammo to keep up with this. It's like they, they didn't take seriously the, the post Tyree kill rebuild. And I think they're going to get the results they should have known they'd get.
1: And, you know, I think, you know, not, not to draw the direct comparison to, to Kelsey versus Andrews, but uh, I, I think that the bills have the personnel to, to slow down a, a tight end centric offense. Um, and I'm not saying that Kelsey gets shut down here, but I, I think that we're not going to see, or it's not a hot take to say that he's not going to score four touchdowns again. This week, but I think if if you slow Kelsey, um, then I I think the rest of this offense, you know, it it lags a little bit behind. Whereas I I just don't really see the Bills running into a whole lot of trouble when they have the ball.
2: Yeah, if they have trouble on offense, it's because Spagmolo saved some really good disguised coverages for this game and, and gets Josh Allen to be, you know, confused for the first half or something. I just don't even know if the Chiefs can score. On offense to do the offense is part of the bargain. I just think uh, th- the way that the chiefs can hurt the bills defense is by going deep against them, by getting uh, their speed down the field. Cause the the, thing, uh, the, the bills corners can't really run that well. It's like Taron Johnson, the slot Well, Kyrie them can. So that's, that's one change, but uh, basically they, they need to be Dane Jackson deep. They need to go four wide and get somebody matched up on a safety like Harbin or Valdez scaling and send them deep. And they can't miss if they get the shot uh so to me it seems like a pretty narrow path
1: uh, yeah i think so as well so give me uh the bills uh, a couple of ceh questions here and then we'll we'll get get the two prime time games and and roll on um but a, a more philosophical question what should i do with ceh and then uh, zach a little bit more concrete who should i trade for either miles sanders or ceh
2: Uh, I think they're kind of the same category. I mean, their usage patterns are different. I realize that Clyde Solaire catches more than Sanders and is more touchdown-dependent. Or rather, I don't know, more touchdown-reliable, maybe it'd be more accurate to say. I guess Sanders is kind of touchdown-dependent, too, since he doesn't really catch passes. Um, I think if you have Clyde Solaire, you pretty much just start him unless you have really loaded running backs.
1: Okay. And, and, uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I've, I've been starting CEH. I don't love it, but again, you know, he's someone that you were scooping in the eighth, ninth round. Like, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, Eric has a league-shattering moment going on, so maybe he will uh, provide some context there. Maybe we can uh, offer up our, our infinite wisdom. But uh, in the meantime, we got the Eagles playing host to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the Eagles are favored in this one. As as one might expect, this number has climbed up to 6 uh in favor of the Eagles over under checking in at 42 and a half. Uh feel like we've been asking this question for a long time now but is, is this the week that that you know Cooper Rush kind of ends up being the the limiting factor for the Cowboys?
2: I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like Dallas ought to be able to run a little bit in this one. Um, I don't know. The I don't. I don't want to throw with Cooper Rush, so I guess that's not the same as believing that they can run. It's more like I, they have to run. And I'm, I'm kind of like convincing myself that they might be able to do it, but they should be able to do it. And I think if they can run a little bit, and if they can keep Cooper Cups, Cooper, Cooper Rush's uh, uh, pass attempt volume like around 25 or something like that, and get C D Lamb in the slot as much as possible or at least get C D Lamb against Bradbury more than Slay if possible. I think there's ways they can set up little like play action heavy, run heavy looks that that Rush can keep working with. And I, I think I kinda like Dallas's chances of covering this game just because uh let's see is, is my lotta still uh my lotta might be back. That'd be a big deal for the, the Eagles at left tackle. But I don't think Jalen Hurts Is often stressed like this defense can stress a quarterback. Uh, what's what's tradition, uh, what's protected them throughout the year and even last year was that the Eagles' offensive line is so good that it's really difficult to get to Hertz with a four man rush, and and you blitz them, you leave open the downfield play, obviously. So, the key to getting the better of the Eagles' offense is being able to get to Hertz and make them uncomfortable without uh, sacrificing downfield coverage resources. And I think Dallas can do that uh if Par- parson's playing i know we got that stupid let's see. uh t- 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 so if, if parson's is out then never mind but if if uh if parson's is in then i i think dallas might be able to make hurts less comfortable than he's accustomed to or you know th- the situations that he's produced at his best in so um if the dallas defense can get an ugly game out of hurts I-, I don't know what the eagles so reliably have left at that point it's like sanders can be pretty good but he doesn't really move the needle for me i don't really think like oh he'll just take over the game and they'll be fine i think it's more like they're they're in trouble if it gets to that point
1: yeah it's that is an interesting detail when it when it comes to hurts uh you know it, it does feel like he's been kind of playing in perfect setups uh to this point in the season and dallas is the type of defense that, that can wreck that well we'll again have to keep an eye on micah parsons uh with that groin injury limiting him uh this week but in my lot
2: of Okay. If my lot is surprisingly out, then that's that's like left tackle's a problem for them.
1: Right. And then, you know, that, that's the exact spot you do not want to be a problem uh, if you're facing a guy like Micah Parsons. Uh, Austin, we're, we're going to get to y- your question here. He is uh, having an existential crisis about what to do with Najee Harris. Um, tried to move him a bunch of different times. Uh, so here's a couple of, of would you rathers when it comes to Najee Harris. Ramondre Stevenson. Or Aaron Jones.
2: Yeah, either, either of, of them. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, if you can get either of them for Harris, I'd run with it. Yeah,
1: yeah I think I would um, as well. And uh, another one would be uh, aiming a little bit higher, going for Dalvin Cook, but you'd also have to. I give don't up like T that Higgins. one as much.
2: I don't like no. that one as much. I mean, maybe you can't get Jones or Stevenson for Harris, but if you can, I would much rather keep Higgins.
1: Okay, I would too. T. Higgins is the truth, and then Mario rounding it at, rounding us out here. We have, I think, what, what might be. I almost like want. I don't want to, but I almost want to like lobby for us to be like on a live stream Monday night to make fun of Nathaniel Hackett versus Brandon Staley on national television.
2: I've I've maybe sounded a bit critical of Staley. Uh, I, and I don't actually like Staley that I don't, I, I think it's kind of a fraud, but he's still way better than Hackett. Uh, Hackett is an all timer. We're never going to see anything like this idiot again. Um, it's unbelievable. And I get, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make light of the, the, the injuries with the Broncos. That's just not funny and kind of sucks. But, uh, Hackett being this, this just absolute bozo is, um, I mean, I hated that. Once I learned who he was, I hated that signing, and I, I thought he was a joke. But uh, I'm shocked at how stupid this guy actually is. It's amazing. Hey, good luck with that Eric Saubert offense, you moron.
1: <laughs> no, they're they're ruining uh, a perfectly good Albert O shares. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's why they lost two of these games. They lost Week One, and they lost the last one because they were giving targets to Saubert and Beck. That would have scored on it's 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 amazing how d- desperately addicted Hackett is to doing the absolute stupidest thing possible
1: yep and uh, that, he's not kicking that uh, in time for Monday night so I expect more stupidity
2: you should just um, come out with like a toupee on and try to just go go all in on some bizarro world attempt kind of thing
1: uh, you know, he's doing Halloween. He, he's going to tape on the mustache and, hey, I'm man.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, he's <laughs> uh, he's going to come out with just, just like the brick Tamlin toupee and no one's going to recognize it for it because it's just, you know.
1: <laughs> Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny, guys? Oh, I threw a trident. Um, let's see here. Um, anything uh, to – or any big takeaways as far as your Denver guys, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone, I thought both of them – Ran reasonably well this past you week.
2: I like uh, don't like Gordon, but I guess the Chargers run defense, if it sucks, maybe maybe he can do something. But uh, the Broncos should give the ball to Boone. I mean, he doesn't fumble, if nothing else. No, he does not. Um, so um, that... Yeah, Sutton's set up fine. I don't know what to make of the Russell Wilson shoulder thing. I. I the timing of that report makes me not, not that I doubt that it's real. I, it just might've been something that he never would have told anyone about if he wasn't playing so awful. Right. Like maybe quarterbacks often deal with things like this and they just don't leak it to the media be, to save their PR uh, after they put up, uh, after they by all accounts signed the worst contract in NFL history. Mm. Um, so <laughs> Uh yeah, anyway, uh Herbert is the real deal. No fraudul. no there's no fraudulent details with Herbert, as like there are in the case of Wilson. And uh Staley, again, I, I think he's kind of a goof in some ways, but he's not a fully incompetent person. Like there's 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 at least one thing in the world that Staley is good at or has some sort of insight toward. Hackett does not.
1: All right, over two and a half boneheaded, uh, fourth down decisions on Monday night or, or, uh, go for two decisions.
2: Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll switch up uh bad decisions with just like really bad special teams or something like that. Like maybe, a maybe, maybe Hackett can get three punts blocked or something like that. Or, uh, I don't know. I'm bored with the stupid clock management and just like the bad ideas stuff. Let's just, Let's get something worthy of the Benny Hill theme song and and make this something worth watching.
1: There we go. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Um, and then last thing, Austin Eckler has been crushing it these last couple of weeks. Does that continue?
2: Uh, I don't want to say crushes it. Like the Denver defense seems okay or whatever. And, and it's hard to have three games in a row. Like Eckler has had the last two, but, uh, that offense can only go so far without him taking it to that point, whatever it is. So uh, if Eckler has a bad game, the the chargers are categorically in trouble and uh, this game is no exception, but uh, maybe, maybe not. So whereas he's been hot, both as a runner and a pass catcher, maybe this is one of those games where Eckler only does something as a pass catcher. Like maybe he has like 10 carries for 20 yards, but his worst case scenarios look like, 10 carries for 20 yards and then, you know, six catches for 55. It's like, that's about as low as he goes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that checks out. I, I you know, obviously the that Herbert wasn't like factor start is what
2: will ultimately save them because he is absolutely insane. Yeah.
1: He's, he's something else. I love watching him play. Excited to, to uh, get another nationally televised game for the chargers, despite all the other uh, stuff that, that we mentioned there. But I mean, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, for us here on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, again brought to you by our friends over at No House Advantage. From Mario Puig, I'm John Mcagnie. Thanks for listening.
3: Try Rotowire today, free for ten days. Get our premium tools, rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try.